Welcome to the British American Football Coaches Association podcast, a resource designed to support both British football coaches and coaches from around the world. This podcast features special guests discussing techniques, scheme, philosophies and culture for the sport of American football to help develop and grow the game worldwide. Now here's your host, Adam Lillis. Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast. Please do continue to share and promote this podcast within your coaching circles. Today we have Coach Pesic talking about creating identity for your offence. So let's listen to him what Coach has to say. Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Adam Lillis. I am delighted to be joined today by the Offensive Coordinator at of the University of Wisconsin Stout Blue Devils, Coach Nick Pesic. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Adam. Thanks for having me. Pleased to have you on the show. Um, so we're going to be talking offense, obviously, today, maybe a bit of fundamentals or game planning. Um, but before we get into all of that, why don't we, you give the listeners a bit of background about yourself, how you got into playing football and where you've been coaching. Yeah, so uh, like, like you mentioned, I just finished up my first season as offensive coordinator um, at, at University of Wisconsin Stout. Um, before that, so kind of go all the way back. I'm originally from Wisconsin, so right by, um, right by Madison, Wisconsin, um, our capital. Um, just about 15 minutes south um, of there and, and grew up playing football really as soon as I, I possibly could, whether it be flag football um, and moving into kind of Pop Warner, as we call it, um, and then to high school. Um, and I had opportunity after high school to, to continue to play. I played at a Division three school, um, also here in Wisconsin, uh, Ripon College. Um, played four years there. Um, and then I kind of, kind of as, I, as I was wrapping up there that final year, um, football and sports were a huge part of my life. Um, and I knew, you know, I didn't really know what else I would do. So as I got done with my playing career, I, I was like, you know, I want to continue to to be around sports and I want to coach and, and I uh, had a lot of coaches who kind of um, made the game fun for me going, uh, you know, growing up and, and, and uh, kind of shaped me to become the man I was. And I, I kind of wanted to obviously stay in sports, but really stay in football because that was a huge passion of mine. So I got done. And then kind of that winter of my senior year started sending out emails, letters um, to really all the division one, um, FBS and FCS schools that I possibly could, just trying to get on um, at the highest level I possibly could, um, and sent out a bunch of letters and didn't receive very many back. Received uh, a lot, uh, a lot of the ones I did receive back, um, they were you know were, were full or we don't have any space right now um, on our staff, but we'll keep it on the file. Um, I was able to actually. Um, there's a coaching change at uh, Northern Illinois University, um, Division One school, um, in the northern part of Illinois, obviously, um, about an hour um, west of Chicago. And there's a coaching change there. And I just happened to email um, the receivers coach, and he kind of got back to me right away and, and was like, you know, we're just getting getting rolling here. and We're just all getting here. Um, you know, we'd love to, love to have you. So I, I went down there for spring practice a couple months later and, and helped out and kind of met um, the staff. And, and uh, that week I got back to – Again, I was still finished up my senior year. I kind of got back to school and I got a call and was like, you know, uh, would you be able to be here this summer and start? And, and I actually started there. came there June 1st, to right after I got done, about a month after I graduated from college and uh, worked there for two years um, for free, actually. It was a volunteer. 
Um, and then was stayed on for two more years. So I was there for four total years, two years as a volunteer, or I, I kind of did everything um, as if I was a graduate assistant. And then my last two years there, um, I, I was a graduate assistant, uh, got my master's. Um, so my whole four years there, I worked on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be um, with the receivers or the quarterbacks. So it was a great, great learning experience for me and, and learned a ton and was very fortunate to be there um, at a time where we were very, very successful, won a ton of games. Um, so it was a huge learning experience for me, kind of be at the top of, um, top, of, you know, of Division One football, which is, was pretty cool. Um, I got done there um, after my four years, and you know, was kind of ready to, to kind of test myself and see how much I learned to kind of put it into play. So I, I was got on at a Division Three school, um, also here in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Eau Claire as a receivers coach. Um, so I was there for the season, and actually the day after the season um, ended. The athletic director brought everybody in and said, uh, you know, we're going to um, we're going to let everybody go. So got my first full time job and a couple months later, back back where I back where it all uh, started um, looking for a job. So I ended up being able to get on um, at another Division three school as a receivers coach, um, Wisconsin Whitewater, um, which is a is a big powerhouse um, at, at the Division three level. So coach receivers there for three years. Um, and then this past, about a, almost a year ago, um, got on or interviewed for an offensive coordinator job at Wisconsin Stout and was able to, to get it. Um, so that's kind of kind of the path that, that, take, that has gotten me here today. So Fantastic. Um, so my first question really is, you got your, your first gig at the Division One level in a Mac school, and then you worked there for a number of years, and now you're coaching at Division Three level. What are some of the key differences between coaching at those two levels? Yeah, I think uh, one's kind of start off the similarity. One, you know, football is football at the end of the day. Um, so that, that you know, that, that part is, isn't different. But I would say um, the biggest thing is comes to really like recruiting. I think recruiting is the biggest difference. Um, how it happens is so much faster. Obviously, you're working at our, our level in Division Three. We can't offer athletic scholarships. Um, so that's a huge difference. Um, they, they, I guess you could say the caliber of the athlete. I mean, you're, you're working for or you're working with, um, you know, the time I was there and, and really a couple of years since then um, at Northern Illinois, there's been a lot of NFL talent coming through there. So you're working with kind of the best of the best. Um, at our, our Division three level in the conference that we play in, we work with some of the best athletes at our level. Um, but there's just a difference in terms of um, top end speed, quickness, um, you know, strength at, for some positions are pretty comparable, but really just that overall athleticism, I think, is the biggest difference. The speed of the game, it's, a, it's faster at that level, obviously. Um, but I, I, would say there, I would say there's more, um, there's more similarities than differences. Um, kind of another difference would be just your coaching staff. Um, at the Division One level, you, you have a lot more um, people to kind of spread out the, the different jobs, whether it be offensively, defensively, special teams-wise, um, off-the-field stuff. There's just a lot more um, people to help out and kind of get the job done. When you go to Division three level, um, you know, we're fortunate. We're a big enough school. We have a lot of um, – we have a lot of coaches that are with us full-time. Um, and But at the end of the day, you know, you're still carrying – and you're still, you know, having a couple hats on where you're doing multiple things where you're not only the offensive coordinator – you're also helping out with film. You're also helping out with maybe equipment, just depending on where you're at. 
Um, so you kind of wear more hats at, at the lower level from a coach standpoint. Um, but once you get on the field, the football is a football. Um, I wouldn't say it's that different. I would say probably at our level, you know, there's a little less pressure. So a lot of people are more willing to try different things from a schematic standpoint than they are when you get to those higher levels. Um, but from an overall football standpoint, I don't think there's that much difference. But from probably the day-to-day, off-the-field stuff, there's probably more differences than, than similarities, I'd say. Sure. But uh, what I'd like to ask is, in terms of your coaching, so you're coaching a room of receivers, for example, are you approaching that in a different way at the Division One level to Division Three, or is it still all relative and you're still doing the same things? Yeah, it's still relative. Uh, it's, it's the same things. And, and uh, for me, that's kind of where I learned – Learned to craft the coaching. I was around some really good receiver coaches, some really good offensive minds, some really good coaches in general. So kind of how I, uh, you know, conduct my position meetings, whether it be quarterbacks, receivers, whoever it may be, that's how I learned how to do it. So I would say um, very, they're very similar to kind of what, what I learned from at NIU. So. so you've just completed your first season as an offensive coordinator. What were some of the first steps you took a year ago to start putting together your offense whether with the scheme and the players what sort mm-hmm. of some of the techniques you started using yeah so kind of kind of the first thing um you know i think this is important just for people who are listening to it especially if they're going through their first year as a coordinator um i think the first thing that i did was i met with all the coaches individually um and kind of just laid out you know, my plan for them, just trying to get to know them the best that I possibly could. I think the relationship part of it is so, so important, whether it be with other coaches, whether it be with the players. Um, so that was the first thing I kind of kind of did was meet with everybody individually, one-on-one, each one of the coaches, and kind of laid out kind of my plan for them, whether whatever position they're coaching, um, what what the things that I, I wanted them to know about me and, and things that they wanted to know um, about them. I think it was important that we just get off on the right foot things they liked from the previous couple of years, things they didn't like from the previous couple of years, and then kind of me lay out their plan for them. Um, I think that was huge from a trust standpoint, um, just so I kind of knew each guy right away as much as I could individually. Um, and then we went from there to meeting as a full staff uh, offensively and just kind of laying out our plan of how we wanted to do things. I started off kind of philosophically how I wanted, how I thought a really good offense um, ran from – from you know, just a culture standpoint, from how we how I wanted to approach each day of practice, just little things like that. To then, um, you know, after I got done with the culture part of it, then I kind of let each position coach get up on the board. And if there's things that they really liked from either last year or previous couple of years that they did at Stout, or things they've done in the past that they really liked and they really wanted to stand on the table for, I had them present to me things that, that they wanted to keep or they wanted to kind of install in our offense moving forward. Just to, one, because I wanted new ideas and things, you know, if there's something that they're doing really well at Stout the previous year, now, yeah, let's keep that. Our players already know it. Let's not change it. Um, but if there's things they didn't like, then let's get rid of it. And I think, that, you know, I thought I had a, a way of, um, they can make things easier overall offensively. So I had those guys present to me um, and really, get, one, give them ownership of, of things that, you know, let them feel a part of it. And that's a big thing for me is I don't want it to be a one-man show. Um, I don't think that's the most successful way to do it. Um, I want it to be a collaborative effort um, of everybody kind of giving their idea, their voice, um, and not being afraid to bring up ideas of creative ways or different things. If they've had success, let's do, do it that way. Um, so that's a big thing is, is meeting early on, 
um, was, was huge for us. One, for we can all get on the same page. And then two, again, like I said, if they have ideas or things they really like or they believe in, I want them to stand on the table for. So we kind of did that right away. And then I presented, um, you know, overall from verbiage to formation stuff to how we wanted to get to play in. And then I presented how I would like to do it. And then we kind of put those ideas together and came up with our, our playbook, our plan, and all that. So that was the biggest thing. From when I first got hired, I got hired there um, in March. We had one month until we started our spring practice. So it was kind of accelerated right away. Um, we kind of had that little crunch time of, we didn't, we knew we didn't have, need to get everything in, but we wanted to really get a base um, start of, of what we wanted to do. Um, and then the biggest thing for me after we kind of got everything together and we, and we presented that is now let's be really, really organized when we present to the players when we first start spring ball. So I think that was, for me, really important um, as we started our first, uh, for me, getting in front of them for the first time, getting in front of our players for the first time, I thought it was really important for me to get off on the right foot and be and show that how organized and we have a plan for um, how we wanted to go apart it, uh, about this and then also make it as clean and as easy for those guys to learn and pick up as we possibly could. So um, we tried to keep as, as much similar as we, uh, from the previous year as we could but also I felt like we, that I had a system um, that was pretty easy to pick up and there's built in rules um, that maybe there'd be a little bit of a learning curve right away, but as we got it in, it would make everything else um, a lot easier. So that's kind of how we, we went about it really for that first month uh, going into spring ball, so. And presumably you would have lent on those incumbent staff about for knowledge of the your current roster which you wouldn't have had experienced yourselves wanting to know like who your key playmakers are and things like that yeah so um the, and that's a great great question and in in that first meeting we went through everybody on our offense um each player strengths weaknesses um just kind of a big picture view of it um we didn't get really detailed in right away um i think our biggest goal for that first spring was to, to get the offense in and then work as we went to fall camp and went into the fall. Then it's after, after we kind of got the offense installed. Now who are our best players? Let's put them in position to get the ball. So we did. We touched on it right away. And the biggest thing for me uh, as we went through the whole offensive roster was really for me just to put a name with the face um, and be able to see somebody in the hallway and say, hey, what's up, Parker? Um, how's the day treating you? How, how, you know, just be able to have that one-on-one -on -one connection. Um, more so than, uh, you know, their, their overall skills or talents right away. I just want to get to know them. So when we started spring ball, I could coach them one-on-one -on -one and know their name. Not so much worry about uh, their skills right away. But from, from spring to fall, the fall part was huge in terms of now I knew the names and, you know, I, I had an idea of, of each guy. Now let's put our, our players in the best situation we possibly can with, formation and all that stuff and put, put them in situations where they're going to be successful um, from, a, from a strength standpoint of their skills. So uh, I think the biggest part was for us in spring ball, like I said, just to get the offense installed, uh, have them, our players get the verbiage down. And then in fall camp is really, 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 really started to um, put our players in the best situation possible for their strengths um, athletically. Sure. Um, you, you referred to, your culture and your philosophy of the offense and you presented that to the to the staff would you be willing to share that with us yeah um so really the, the we had a couple big 
uh, points that, that I want I wanted us as an offense to, to be about. One, I want our guys to play fast. I want our guys to play physical. I want our guys to play uh, disciplined and then play with a relentless effort. Um, I thought those four things um, were kind of the pillars of what I thought what made a really good offense and kind of breaking those down. Um, for us, we talked about we wanted to define each one of those four. So for us, fast was, um, you know, just playing without thinking, right? We gave them, we wanted to play as hard as you could from four to six seconds from point A to point B. And, and all this stuff, um, I'm not going to say that I came up with all of it. It's stuff that I've read in different books and stuff like that. Um, but for us, for us, fast was going as hard as we could from, from point A to point B from four to six seconds. So giving them a landmark from, um, our stance and our start to the end point of whatever their assignment may be. And in four to six seconds is the, the span of a, an average play. Um, so given them, that's how we want to play. And we want to play without thinking. We want to have our guys play as, as fast as we possibly could. Um, the second one was discipline. We wanted to be the most disciplined unit out there um, across the board. So it's not just an offensive line goal. It's not just a tight end, fullback goal. Um, it spoke to the receivers. It spoke to the running back. So each position – Want to be as physically physical as we possibly could, um, and really dictate um, you know the, the tone of the game. So that's a big thing for us. Um, we want to be disciplined. Uh, biggest thing for us, we don't want to be able to, we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, and, and that for us, um, you know, we we want to be clean pre-snap. All those things you could control, right? Um, and then also being disciplined in our technique, right? Just because we're in the third or fourth quarter and we're tired doesn't mean our technique, our hands don't get wider when we're blocking. Um, you know, our top route doesn't change from a receiver standpoint just because we're tired. We want to be disciplined to do what we're supposed to do no matter what time of the game it is, no matter what the situation dictates, just being disciplined to our, to our uh, situation. Um, and the last one is just playing with re relentless energy. Um, I think that was a big thing for, for me is, is I've always kind of gone with the ideas, the team, whoever the team that plays the hardest is going to win. Um, and I wanted us to, to be the hardest playing offense in our conference. Um, and we wanted to be the hardest playing unit on the field. And that, that, that one is the one that takes time. Um, you know, and that's something that, that's built day in and day out in, in your practice culture. And we really tried to push that with our guys um, is every single day playing with relentless energy and pushing to, you know, make that home run block or make that, that play down the field that's going to spring us from a 15-yard run to a 30- or 40-yard run. That was a big thing for us. We wanted to play um, as hard as we possibly could. And, and kind of going back through all this is every single day um, or really once a week um, in spring ball uh, or every couple of days during fall camp, we'd bring up that slide of fast, physical, discipline, relentless energy, and we'd show clips of positives of people playing fast or people playing disciplined or people finishing well with that relentless energy. Um, so we really tried to establish that right away um, from a, a football standpoint of let's show guys who are doing it well, let's show guys who are doing it the right way, and kind of glorifying those guys, not embarrassing them, but glorifying them uh, for how we want to play. So that was a big thing for us. Um, but that's not an overnight thing, and that's not something that, that we, we got to where we're, we're hitting on all cylinders with all four of those key points. Um, you know, we, we, didn't, we weren't hitting those in week two of fall camp. It's something that kind of built throughout the, the entire season. So um, it wasn't an overnight thing, but it's something we, we pressed and pushed upon. Um, we thought were really important from an offense. And, and uh, in the games, we, we 
kind of played to those. We played really well. Um, so that's a big thing for us now, really going into year two, is continuing to build off that. So That's great. Um, I just want to dig into you being the offensive coordinator for a second. So you get hired a year ago. You're just entering in the first season of you in charge of the offense. What were... Could you share some of the the challenges and the hurdles that you faced in your first year in terms of getting the offense to where you wanted it to be? And what were some of the things you put in place to overcome those challenges? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think, um, and you kind of talked about it earlier, brought it up earlier, but I think, you know, going to a new place and becoming um, a coordinator, I think the biggest thing is, is understanding um, who your best players are, especially from an offensive standpoint, um, who your best players are, what they do well, and then tailoring and being uh, being able to be multiple in your offense to be able to tailor to your best players year in, year out. Um, so so for me, coming from a, a place uh, where I was at, at Whitewater, we were a, a run-first offense. Um, we want to be balanced, but we they've had a ton of success from years past of running the football to set up the pass. Um, so as you kind of saw, Stout, uh, for our first couple of games, is we were in 11, 12, sometimes even 13 personnel. We were running the football. We were downhill run. Um, and maybe we weren't getting our best players in the field right away. So we got to a point where we had a bye week after our third game. We kind of went back and looked at um, our, our entire first three games and kind of broke it down to some self-scout and, you know, kind of realized – you know, who are best, we kind of re-examined, all right, who are our best players right now? Let's get them on the fields, put them in situations, best situations possible. And I think a really good example of that is we had um, a receiver who was a senior. who We moved, we put him to on the outside. We thought his skill set, um, he was a big body, 6'1", 6'2", kid, um, really athletic, big, strong kid. We put him on the outside, um, and we were trying to get him goal balls. We are trying to get him isolated one-on-one routes and trying to get them the ball in his hands um, to make explosive plays. We go back after that fourth – or after that third game, that fourth week, our bye week, we kind of reexamined, well, maybe, he's, maybe he'd be better in the slot. So we tried him that bye week. We kind of moved him to the slot, kind of retaught the offense to him, um, and just tried to get him the ball in space as easy as we possibly could. Um, so whether it be bubbles, jet sweeps, um, little isolation routes underneath, um, little drag routes underneath, under mesh stuff. Just get him the ball in space and then let him do the rest. Because he's really, really good with the ball in his hand. Um, so that was a big thing for us. Kind of looking back at that is, you know, what's reexamine what our strengths are personnel-wise. And now let's get our best players in the field and do that. So if you watch this, our first three games, to um, really what we were once we got to our conference season and as the season went on, that first game we were in a uh, – 11, we were in some 10, we are mostly 11, 12. Um, but as the season went on, we got a little more lighter, right? Because our, our players developed and our kind of our best players became our receivers, a couple of our tight ends. Um, but our, our best personnel was 11, 10, and sometimes even zero at times. So that became what we hanged our ha- uh, hat on, was spreading it out, um, was moving guys around, and again, putting them in situations to be successful. And for me, I think that was the biggest learning experience that I had was, yeah, you may have a plan of what you want to do, but at the end of the day, if your best players aren't in positions to be successful, then your offense isn't going to be what you want it to be or your defense or whatever it may be. 
Um, so that was the biggest learning experience we had. And it's something that we, we uh, hit right away in the off season. We did our South Scout. We watched all of our games. And after we got done breaking down each play, situation, all that stuff, we went back. And we essentially did what we did right when, we, when I first got there is we went through every single player. And we labeled his strengths, his weaknesses. So we had strength, strengths and weaknesses on every one of our players one, so that in the offseason we could kind of pinpoint things they need to work on. But two, as we started, uh, you know, as we thought we were going to have spring ball, now as we get ready for fall camp and for the season, now what are our players, what do they do best? What, what maybe do they struggle at? And now we can put guys in different situations and personnel groupings where we have maybe one guy's really good at kick out on power. Now let's have him do that. We'll have him kick out on power, and then we'll have him slip to the flat and maybe some play action stuff. So putting guys in situations um, for to be successful and being multiple in your offense, I think, was the biggest thing that I learned is your offense may look different year to year in terms of what it looks from the broad, big pictures perspective. Um, for us, our, our verbiage isn't going to change. Um, how we call things isn't going to change. But maybe the amount of – things that we call or maybe uh, the, the amount of times we run power or inside zone or the amount of times we're in 12 or 11 or 10 personnel, that's going to change year in, year out, just based on types of, um, you know, types of players we have and who our best players are um, from year to year. So I think that was a, a big thing that I learned is just being able to tailor your offense to the strengths of the personnel you have on offense is, is a huge thing. And, and, not to be too long-winded with this answer, but I think it's a really good one, and it was huge for me learning. But um, one thing that we do um, every every time before the year, we did last year before the year, and we're going to do it again this year before the year, is we, we rank our top 10 players on offense. So we rank our top 10 players, and that's going to kind of dictate, at least in fall camp, what we think as we go into it, who our best players are. So that's going to kind of dictate, you know, how many times we're in 11, how many times we're in zero, how many times we're in 12 or, or 13 personnel. Um, and then we'll redo that after fall camp and before our first game, we'll do that again. And has it changed? Is it different? Is that going to kind of dictate or change, um, you know, who we are in the year? So I think that's a big thing that I learned um, when I was a GA, uh, a graduate assistant that we did. Um, and I, th I think it's a big thing for us as we did last year and we'll do it again this year, it kind of dictates who you are offensively and what, what, uh, who your best players are. That's great. And some of our listeners might be perhaps young coaches or uh, coaches in similar shoes to you who are starting out as a coordinator uh, within their first year. What, uh, I mean, you've touched on this slightly already, but what do you have any tips on game planning and how you prepare for your upcoming opponents in terms of not necessarily what plays you put in, but how you're going to approach and call certain plays in certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, let me, let me hit back on one thing kind of before we move on is also the big thing is uh, what is your quarterback good at? I think that's the, I think that's the number one thing from offensively. Um, I think that's a huge thing as well. Yeah. Your personnel from your receivers, tight ends, running backs, up front wise, all that stuff's, important but also I think the biggest thing uh is what what is your quarterback good at find the things he's good at and now do that and and kind of marry it up with the rest of your guys um as best you can um, but yeah from a from a standpoint of game planning that I'll just kind of lay out um our kind of our weekly schedule and kind of what that looks like um 
So for us, we play on, on Saturdays, Sundays. Um, we'll, we'll get together as a as an offensive staff and watch the game um, from from the, the day before, and we'll kind of you know recap what things we did well, what things we didn't well did do well. Um, and then this year, we're going to incorporate another thing of why did we win or why did we lose. And I think a big thing is when you win games, you kind of don't go back and look up at why, why did we win the game, right? Um, when you lose, that's all you do, right? Why did we lose that game? What led to that? All that. So a big thing for us, we're going to kind of ask that question, why did we win or why did we lose? And they kind of break it down from there. So um, we'll start on Sunday. We'll watch the previous game. Uh, we'll watch it all together as a staff. For the most part, we've all watched it by ourselves before we meet together. So it goes fairly quick. And, uh, you know, it makes it – it flows pretty well in there. Um, of every, every position coach kind of talking about uh, their player on, on each particular play. Um, so that's a big thing for us. And then we'll start – we'll watch the last three games. Um, after we, we break down the previous game, we'll kind of put that to bed. We'll watch it with our players on Sunday because for us, our guys come in on Sunday. Um, we'll watch with them. And then after we meet with our players, we'll kind of move on to the next game. We'll watch the last three games as a, as a full offensive staff. We'll watch them together. Um, just kind of get a flow defensively of what, what they're going to do, what's their base structure um, from, from a big picture standpoint. And then we'll kind of separate and we'll go on our own way. Um, so for us, um, which at the higher levels, everybody's, everybody's kind of together uh, throughout the week. Um, but at our level, at some schools, we have different jobs. So some, sometimes guys teach, some guys do that during, during the week. So um, for us, we're pretty lucky. We're, we can be together all day. So Monday, we'll get in early and we'll watch. Um, formationally, we'll watch all first and second down. We'll watch that all of Monday and we'll get our normal down distance game plan done um, on mon by Monday afternoon, Monday night. And then we'll break up and uh, I'll, I'll put together a board. So as we kind of go throughout watching uh, our formations, We'll have one big board in my office where every formation is broken down um, and we'll have base run, we'll have our quick game, we'll have our drop back, we'll have our play action, we'll have shots, we'll have categories for each one. Um, so formationally, we'll kind of break it down that way. So we have one big one on, on the board in my office, then we'll have another one on the computer, um, which in Excel, we'll have a, a board as well, which match up, it matches up with the board that's on, uh, on the wall in my office. So. I'll go and I'll, I'll go through that, kind of skim through that and make sure everything's right and make sure it's stuff we like. Um, and then our receivers coach will go and draw up all the new routes and really all the routes that are in the game plan, we'll draw them up. Our, run, uh, run, run, our running backs coach, our offensive line coach will get together, they'll draw the run game. Uh, our offensive line coach will draw, also draw blitzes and different things from a pass pro standpoint that could be challenging. Um, he'll draw those up as well. So we'll have every all this stuff Monday night um, or early Tuesday morning. We'll have it all drawn up and being ready to present to our guys on Tuesday. Um, so that, so Monday's a huge game plan day for us, just normal down in distance. Tuesday, um, we'll kind of get together early in the morning, um, and we'll kind of, as a staff, go through things and be ready to cut things to get them out of the game plan, right? So we're always trying to go through – with a fine, fine tooth comb and going through things that, you know, maybe it's good against 
one coverage or good against one front, but if they give us a different front, this play may not be good. So, all right, maybe let's cut this. Or maybe it's going to be something as we drew it up or as we looked over it again, maybe this concept is going to be too much learning. All right, so let's cut it. So we're always trying to cut and get to, to the least amount we possibly can. Tuesdays, we'll start um, red zone. After we get done kind of going through our normal down distance game plan, we'll watch red zone. We'll put it up on the board. Um, and how we do it is we'll go from 25-yard line left hash, 25-yard line middle, 25-yard line right hash. So I'll have it on my call sheet. So anytime we get to you know, 25 down to the goal line, we have it broken up by hash so we can call it um, relatively quick and have a plan for, you know, wherever we get um, in, in the red zone. So that's huge. So we'll go 25, 20, 15, uh, 10, 5, and then goal line, left middle, right hash. So we'll break it down that way. And then Wednesday, um, we'll, we'll get rolling from a game plan, game plan standpoint, um, and we'll get we'll we'll finish third down, and we'll, we'll get to that. So Tuesdays, our practice is broken up um, into just normal down and distance stuff. So we'll do first down and second down, and that will be kind of all the stuff we practice when we, we go up against uh, our scout team. And then we get to Wednesday, one of our team periods. We'll have um, a couple different team periods. One of them will be just normal down distance. And then our second team period will all be uh, situation stuff. So it'll be third down. Uh, so we'll go third and long, third and medium, third and short. And then we'll go to red zone. Um, and we'll go to the low red zone stuff as well. So we'll hit that situation on Wednesday. Thursday is kind of a, a mix of all that. So by really by Wednesday night, um, we'll kind of have our the majority of our game plan done. Thursday. A couple of things we'll hit situationally is is backed up or coming out um, in a, in a two point play. So we'll hit that um, on Thursday and then practice wise on Thursday. So some people do it a little different. Some guys will do uh, some teams will will do walkthroughs on Thursday. Other teams will will do a normal run through on Thursday. We did a little bit of both this year, um, but what that script will look like is by Thursday morning we'll have. We'll script our top 10 plays or the first 10 to 15 plays that we want to run, our, what we call our openers. So those may be um, things that we really like to get us off on, on the right foot or quick, easy throws for a quarterback to get a quarterback in rhythm um, or different formations or different looks that we want to try to get the defense to try to adjust to, things we haven't shown or things off of some tendencies that we've, we've shown from the previous weeks. Um, things that we feel like can get us rolling right away, or there'll be touches for some of our best guys. So we'll have a top 10, top 15. Um, our openers will have that done by Thursday morning, and then the first 10 plays of practice on Thursday will be our openers. Um, and there'll be things that we, we've run, obviously, already that week. Uh, but Thursday will be kind of situation, and we're hitting every situation possible um, in, in our script and go from there. And then Friday, We'll do essentially the same exact script, and, and we'll, again, we'll hit some some things, some tricks, other things that we'll come back to, things that we want to run again from a coaching staff standpoint, um, and kind of hit everything that we want to hit uh, situationally. Um, and then obviously Saturday play the game. And kind of going back is so we had that board we talked about on Monday from normal down distance. As the week goes on, and as I script practice. Um, for all of our normal down distance stuff, I will highlight it on that board um, on Excel so I can know how many times we ran each play 
um, throughout the week. So if it comes to Thursday and we haven't ran a play then that's on the board, then we're going to take it out. Um, or if it's something really base that we've, we've run, um, then we'll throw it in on Thursday to, to re-hit. But really, once we get to Thursday, if we haven't run something, we'll, we'll take it off the board. Or maybe we ran it one time, it didn't look great, let's take it off the board. So we'll always continue to cut and chop plays as, as the week goes on. Um, but th I thought that was important to, to kind of hit. But that's kind of our weekly schedule. Um, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but that's kind of how we lay out, lay out our week and uh, how we go from there. So. Some great info, Coach. Uh, appreciate that. Um, your career so far has been predominantly around wide receivers and quarterbacks. It'll be great. Do you have a favorite passing concept that you'd be happy to talk us through um, and what the coaching you give the receivers and the quarterbacks on that play? Yeah. So uh, a thing that we, we kind of drilled from scratch last year, I've run it in the past, um, but our mesh concept, uh, we, we've run it in the past. But we haven't really we haven't run it as much at different places I've been as much as we did last year. Um, so we kind of drew it up from scratch. Um, our our mesh concept was really good for us, and it's a really good com concept in general because it's something you can run from any type of situation, whether it be third down, whether it be second down, where you're trying to get um, some yards back. You didn't have an efficient first down. It's a good red zone call. Um, it could be anything. A two some people run it as a two point play, um, but it, it's it's a play for us to be kind of built. So um, I'll just kind of break it down overall. So our receivers will, will our, our tight ends will label a Z and our X will be our outside guys. Our Y and our H will be their, the adjusters or the slots or the hybrid guys, just depending on what personnel, they'll be the inside guys. Um, so I'll start from the Z. The Z, no matter where he's lined up in, in the formation, he will, in our mesh concept, he will always run a six-step or 10 to 12-yard speed out. It's going to be locked. Um, he will, the Z knows when he, anytime we call mesh, he's running that speed out. The other three, the H, the Y, um, and the X, those three can all be tagged in our mesh. So um, if we call H, mesh, Y, the H and the, and the Y are going to mesh, and then the X or whoever the, the player is who's not tagged in the mesh, he'll have a 10 to 12-yard ball curl. So we're going to tag um, the two mesh players and then the other player, the X, the Y, the H, who's not tagged. If, he, if he's not tagged, he knows he has the ball curl. Um, so big picture-wise, the Z's on the out. If we call H mesh Y, the H and the Y will mesh. The X now will have the ball curl. And then we'll tag our running back either with an even number or an odd number and he's going to swing to that side. So we'll always try to swing him away from the Z, and he'll, he's going to have a swing to wheel um, on that. So kind of breaking down the play even more, um, Z, again, six-step speed out, 10 to 12 yards. We're speed rolling it. We're going to be flat. Um, the only time the quarterback's going to go to him is if we, if we get off coverage uh, pre-snap. If he doesn't get pre-snap off coverage or look that he likes pre-snap, he's going to be off that right away. Um, the rules we give up to our meshers, is we're always going to be left over right. So the left guy will always set um, the mesh, whoever's on the left, trying to make it as simple and as easy and as many concrete rules as we possibly can. So um, we're going to set the mesh at three yards. So we're going to go no deeper than three yards. So both the, the if we call H mesh Y, they'll, like I said, both those guys have the mesh routes. The guy on the left, We'll set the, set the mesh, and as they mesh, they're going to slap hands to make sure that they're tight and, and 
close enough. So if we get some type of chaser or some type of man-to-man -man coverage that we can get a true rub um, and try to create some space there on the mesh. The rule we give them after they slap hands, after they mesh, is once they get to the opposite B gap, they can sit down against zone coverage. So once they get to the opposite B gap, they're gonna choose whether, if we get zone coverage, they're gonna turn, square their numbers to the quarterback and sit down in that grass or in that window so we can complete it. If they get man to man, they're gonna stay on the run. It's, it's a huge field play um, for, for our guys. And luckily last year, our guys picked it up really quick and we had we have a really smart receiving and tight end group where they can kind of feel whether we go zone or man um, or if they're getting zone or man. Um, but so if they get zoned, they're gonna turn, pitch it up, square up to the quarterback, give their numbers and be decisive with that. Once they make the decision, they have to stay, stay with it. If they get man to man, they're gonna keep on the run and, and stay, stay fast. Um, and if they get any type of, if they feel any type of man to man or chaser, they're gonna give what we call a stair step, or it's gonna give one step, one to two steps vertical to sort of try to get that, um, that chaser off them if that rub or mesh doesn't, doesn't create some space. So we gave them that rule. Um, and then as soon as we, if we're one of those meshers, as soon as we catch the ball, whether we're sitting in zone or we're standing on the run in uh, man to man, we are gonna drop step and get vertical as soon as we catch that ball. I think that's a big thing after we secure the catch is we don't want to continue to run laterally if we're on the run or continue to run laterally um, if we catch it as we sit down against zone. We want to catch, drop step, and get as many yards vertical as we possibly can. That's a big thing after the catch that we, we preach and it's going to continue to get preached this year because as we watch the film, we're, we're wasting yards by keeping uh, running laterally. So that's a big thing for us. Um, so that's kind of how we teach the mesh part of it. Um, the XN or the guy who's not tagging the ball curl will go 10 to 12 yards over the ball. We're going to cut his split down. If he's, if he's, if he's the X, he's going to cut his split down because he's going to be probably to the field or split out a little bit deep, uh, wider than normal. So we'll cut his split down and we'll go 10 to 12 yards over the ball. We're going to take our cleanest release, our cleanest path to that, to that uh, tw 10 to 12 yard over the ball landmark. If we feel man to man, as we get, uh, as we stem inside, we're going to stem vertical, get our shoulders square vertical to try to create a little bit of space there with that defender. Um, and as we turn back to the quarterback, same rules apply as those measures. We're going to square up on that ball curl and expect contact, expect to get big um, on that catch. And the same rules apply after we, we catch that ball is we want to drop step and get vertical towards that end zone as, as fast as we possibly can. From a quarterback standpoint, we try to make our, make our rules as, as clean as possible. So it's a full scan play for us, uh, meaning we're going to scan either left to right or right to left. Um, so going back pre-snap, again, like I talked about, our Z is going to be our pre-snap, uh, yes or no. So we're either going to have him pre-snap or we're not. We have him pre-snap. We're going to take a five-step drop, no hitch, and rip that out. If we don't have him pre-snap, we're, we're going to be off him and we're going to go through our progression. So our progression will always start um, with our tailback on the swing wheel. So he's going to be our first read, and then we're going to read our first measure back to the ball curl and to the second measure. So it's a full scan, either right to left, left to right, where our feet and eyes, as we reset, should be naturally reset all the way back across the board. So that's a big thing for us. 
Um, it's easy for the quarterback in that. So for us, it's a five-man protection. If we get six, we're going to be hot, and we're going to throw it to that to that tailback um, as he checks as before he leaves the backfield in that wheel route. So that's fantastic, Coach. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, uh, before I like any uh, the guests go, I like to give them the opportunity to share their social media handles or any contact details in case case uh, listeners want to get hold of you. Do you want to share your Twitter handle now? Yeah, so my Twitter handle, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me, is at uh, N-P-E-S-I-K-8-1. Fantastic. Appreciate you taking the time, Coach. Loads of great information there for, for offensive coordinators to take away. And uh, hopefully we'll get you over in the UK sometime soon to share some more knowledge. Awesome. That sounds good. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you again to Coach Pesic for taking the time to talk to us today. Keep an eye out for the upcoming announcement on the BAFCA coaching convention happening in on the first weekend of July. Tune in next time for another BAFCA coaching podcast episode. Thank you.